Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 19 of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I speak to the, a realtor at Remax and the president of the Stanwood Camino Chamber. Please welcome Shana Holbeck. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. And on this episode, I get to speak with Shana Holbeck, who is the who is a realtor at Remax uh, in Stanwood, but she is also the president of the Stanwood Camino or Stanwood Chamber of Commerce. And uh, so our conversation ranges about Stanwood and Camino throughout this time, and how she got into real estate, um, how she why she moved to Camino Island. Um, and then away and then back again and uh, how she's kind of found her niche here on Kameno uh, as well as how the Stanwood Chamber of Commerce interacts with the city of Stanwood because uh, the Kameno Chamber, you know, we don't really have a city council or things like that. So um, we don't have to deal with that. But there's a lot more politics and a lot more things involved, um, more moving pieces and more people to talk to when you're part of Stanwood, which actually does have a city council. Um, as well as a mayor. So anyways, it was really interesting to hear about all that. Um, She talks a little bit about her family history, uh, how she got interested and started with real estate, and what she's up to right now, and also what she sees as the future of the Stanwood Chamber of Commerce. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Shana Holbeck. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. Today, I'm here with Shana Holbeck. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we jump into everything, tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Shana. Um. Well, I am actually born and raised part of my life in Edmonds and moved up here when I was going into fifth grade and um, fell in love with it. I was here fifth through tenth grade and then went back to Edmonds and then you know. As a young teenager, we are always like, we're going to get out of here. We're going to leave town, never come back. And, well, I'm back. <laughs> and I've been back now for 10 years. So it's been a lot of fun. I started out as a barista working for the Kirkpatricks. Okay. And um, just up the hill from here. And I got to, I think it was a great way, like, to get back into the community because you meet so many people and all types of people. Right. And, um, and I've always been interested in, um, real estate. And so it was actually a good segue getting into real estate because I could tell all my customers, Hey, I'm getting into real estate and, um, and I'm going to be local. And so if you ever need anything, swing on by. So, yeah. And, um, I just love it out here. I'm a pretty outdoorsy person. So, yeah, I love all the outdoor activities, biking and kayaking and boating and crabbing. So um, it's like perfect. And then the mountains are not too far away. So yeah, I'm a total Camino Islander and country girl at heart. So okay, <laughs> very cool. So you <clears throat> um, you grew up till fifth grade in Edmonds then, and then did you did you guys move to the island or to Stanwood? To the island. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, I missed that part. Okay, yeah. so you got moved to the island. So, but did you go to Stanwood? Elementary? I went to Stanwood Elementary for fifth grade, and then I went to Stanwood Middle, 
and then Stanwood High School for freshman sophomore year. Okay. So, yeah. And then you guys, what brought, what made you guys move back to Edmonds? Um, so we actually moved up here because my aunt had gotten cancer. And so we lived next door and mm-hmm. helped her out. She had horses and a farm. And so it was easier to have, you know, two families kind of taking care of everything. And then when she got better, um, my mom's words were, I love my sister, but I live next door to her long enough. <laughs> so <laughs> we moved back to Edmonds and and um, I actually commuted for a little while finishing out my uh, sophomore year. I could drive then. So we actually moved to Edmonds prior to finishing that year of school. So I okay. I commuted and I was like, you know, 45-minute drive every morning was a, a little much. So um, I just decided to switch and, and finish school down there. And it was cool. It was... I have a lot of friends from both worlds. Okay. So that's that's a benefit, I thought. So yeah. Nice. So you're still in touch with some people from both Edmonds and Stainwood? Yep, yep, yep. I still have quite a few local friends that... Um, it's funny, you know, we've known each other since, like, fifth grade when I first moved here mm-hmm. all the way through. So it's kind of crazy seeing, like, when we were kids and now they have kids. And yeah. it's like, oh, wow, it's the whole circle. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's really weird. I've, um, I mean, I grew up on the island. Uh, we moved here when I was about five years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a, a, we were homeschooled, but um, at a local church here, mm-hmm. we had a homeschool co-op. Oh, and yeah. it had 100 plus families in it. And oh, so, wow. um, I had a really strong core group of friends through that. Um, and then knew a lot of other friends and families through that. And then um, now being in the marketplace and stuff, people come through and it's like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And then like they've got kids following them, which, yeah. you know, myself, I have four kids. So it's like, it's weird because you're like, oh, yeah, you, I, I mean, it's, I guess it's not as weird when you have kids, but when yeah. you're seeing other people that you remember them as smaller and they yeah. have Yeah, yep, yep. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a, a change, but. Yeah. Very cool. So then, um, so you moved down, you were down in Edmonds then. Um, and then you graduated there. Then, then where'd you go from there? I went to Eastern Washington University and I studied criminal justice and minored in forensic science and sociology. And I was, while in school over there, I was a juvenile probation officer and I loved it. Um, However, it just gets emotionally hard. Um, You feel for a lot of those kids in Mm -hmm. their situations, uh, most of which they're just trying to survive and you feel for them. And so I actually started my master's degree in clinical psychology, but got a little burnt out, wanted to get in the workforce and, um, and move back home. I was living over in Idaho at that time. Which part of Idaho? Sandpoint. Okay. And... Um, I was a, I was going to school and I was being a ski bum all at once. So it was awesome, <laughs> but it's, it's nice over there. Oh, lots of snow, lots of snow. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, we. Uh, I went to school in Pullman, so yeah, fairly close. And like one of the things we really miss over there is like each distinct season, right? And how drastically di- like you know you're in one season yes and it was yes. great it was, it was a lot of fun yeah summers are hot yes. winters are cold yes <laughs> so yeah i do miss that about the mm-hmm. east side um and i still have quite a few friends over there too so that's an, a plus because like we can head over and go skiing and nice. and go camping in the summer months and 
I've got connections over there too. So <laughs> it works out great. Very cool. Okay. So then uh, what, what originally got you interested in criminal justice and um, psychology? Oh man, I'm still super interested in it. Um, you can ask some of my friends. I'm always like, did you see that show about making a murderer or um, that one about the psychology of the brain or whatever. Um, I, I think I just, from a young age, I was always interested and fascinated with why do people do the things they do? Mm -hmm. And especially, um, adverse things, crime and, Mm -hmm. um, and because that's, I guess, you know, not the norm. And so I was always super interested in learning why people, did those things and then wondering if I could help them why I got into um, juvenile probation and helping the kids and things like that is just you know you try to help them as much as you can there's another way and a better way and uh and so I think that's what where it all came from it was probably a a movie or a crime show, <laughs> CSI or something that I was like, this is what I want to do. And it was so fun. And I still find myself drawn to those books and shows and uh, articles and documentaries. So it's still very much a passion of mine, just not a career choice anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, <clears throat> um, I mean, especially around psychology, I, as a kid, it didn't, I was just like, okay, cool. We think not, not a big deal. I didn't yeah. think about it much, but, um, as I've gotten older, there's just, um, there's just so many leaps and bounds they've come across even in the mm-hmm. last like five, 10 years. Um, even like when we were in high school versus now, like there's so much that they've discovered about things. Right. Um, and so it's just really fascinating when you like dig into, um, even very entry level studies and stuff. You're just, it's fascinating just how much there is that they still don't know, but how far they've come in the last short amount of time. Right. And the evolution of the brain and how it handles situations and the chemicals that it produces or doesn't produce and those outcomes and things. It's just amazing. And, um, and it's just, this, I think it's fascinating. So I'm always like, Oh, like what's happening and (laughs) why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the other thing that's really interesting, um, is the long-term effects of specific either behaviors or, or whatever it is. And like, there's so many things that are like 10 years ago, we didn't even exist. Like they didn't exist or like, we're not commonplace cell phones and internet and all these different things. Like, we don't really know what the long-term effects and psychological effects all of these social medias and phones and everything have on us Mm -hmm. because we've never, nowhere in human history have they been exposed to that much information that quickly and all these different things. Right. And for not for long enough, not for long enough time to see results and things as people get older and mm-hmm. generational and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's also, yeah, on the, like, on the productivity side too, like I've, as you read up on that stuff, it's like every time you switch tasks, um, even if you think it's a really quick switch, it takes your brain like 20 minutes to get reacquainted mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. Or why so. it's like half started and not finished and you're like, Oh, Cause that squirrel ran across yeah. the desk and I got sidetracked. <laughs> so yeah, very cool. Okay. So then you were doing that and you, um, so then where'd you go from after you left your master's? Is that when you moved back here? Um, yes. Well, I moved back here when I was in it. 
So, um, okay. cause I was able to, it was an online program that I did, um, through, uh, oh my gosh, Walden University, and they're based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So okay. most of it was online, and then we would have to go back for our, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the term right now. Like midterms? And um, yeah, and it was like our disrotations and things okay. like that. So we would have to go back and be there for a couple weeks at a time to do those things. But um, so I moved back <clears throat> in, oh, Eight, and my parents live in Edmonds still, and so I moved back in with them, and then um, reconnected with my now husband. Um, But we knew each other in middle school, and we had connected through a mutual friend, and um, and then shortly thereafter, we moved in together on Camino, and we've been there ever since. So (laughs) very cool. Yeah, so um, I love it, and it was kind of crazy coming back because again you're like seeing all these friends and uh teachers that you haven't seen in forever and um it was yeah a good feeling a full circle kind of thing so yeah it was awesome yeah cool did you have any classes with uh george colby when you were in high school Ooh, that sounds super familiar i don't think i had classes with him but i knew who he was okay yeah he runs the fbla he's the advisor to that yeah yeah yeah. he was on the podcast earlier oh cool nice um, but yeah he's he's great we've worked with his group for um a while with different events and stuff yeah yeah that's neat yeah. Um, cool. How'd you get connected with the Kirkpatrick's then? Um, ooh, how did I? Uh, my mother-in-law at the time was uh, really into horseback riding, um, specifically like reining. It's a style, a show style. Okay. And um, her trainer is one of Lisa Kirkpatrick's really good friends. Mm-hmm. And she just... Um, her name's Carrie and Carrie just said to Lisa, Hey, I know this girl that's looking for a job and she's, I had been a barista before. So I had a little bit of experience and, um, she said, yeah, she's got experience and she's super cool. And, and she made that connection. And then I worked for them for four years ish, I want to say. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say three or four years somewhere in there. I can't remember now. It's been a while. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was, um, they were a great family to work for. Yeah. And like I said, to get reintroduced to the community, um, being a barista was great because you meet all types of people. You meet, uh, you know, all different, uh, financial levels of people and you meet business. Yeah. Business yeah. people, farmers, <laughs> all sorts of people. So it was wonderful to get, uh, to reintroduce myself kind of back to the community at that time. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Did you mainly work out of the one here at Terry's Corner? I did. Yes. Okay. In fact, um, they didn't really have, uh, how do I want to put this? They didn't, they didn't have like a regular schedule for their girls at okay. that time. And I was just like, you know, this is kind of hard. Like sometimes I'm a morning shift and then sometimes an afternoon mm-hmm. shift. Like, it's just hard on somebody's sleep schedule to be like getting up at 4 a.m. one day and then not till 10 the next day. So um, I convinced them to give me all the weekday morning shifts and I had those for a couple of years and it was, it was great. I loved it. Um, 
And then they realize too, I think that when girls can get into a rhythm or I shouldn't say girls, employees can mm-hmm. get into a rhythm. Um, I think it ends up being better because then they have their regulars and yeah. they, you know, they're going to get there. They can plan their lives around yeah. that schedule. So yeah. I was pretty happy that I convinced them to do that. Cause I was like half these ha- afternoons and mornings. Sometimes it was throwing my sleep schedule off. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely hard to do. We're not as extreme on the like morning or night side. Cause we're open. We open at eight instead of six. And, right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is like, it, it was probably a year, a couple of years ago where we started like getting people more snapped into like the main places that they work mm-hmm. as far as what timelines and stuff. And then, yeah. um, then other people kind of fill in different gaps as vacations and stuff. But yeah, that yeah. Really, it also helps like scheduling cause it just, it makes it so much faster than just oh, yeah. throwing people in and then being like, all right, got to redo this. Like, yeah. Next month. Yeah. It's, it's easier on the employees, I think too, in the long run. Cause then they know, okay, I'm always this shift Monday through Friday yeah. or Tuesdays and Thursdays and this shift on Mondays and Wednesdays or whatever right. it is. So they can plan their lives too around that. And, yeah. and, and then it was, it was great for if you needed time off, you just kind of ask some of the other girls, you want to pick up some extra shifts or I'll cover for you. So yeah, it was easy to do that. Yeah. Stuff, so. It does make yeah. that easier. Yeah. So how did that transition into real estate then? Um, well, I've always been super interested in real estate. My grandfather was a commercial developer and builder and, um, my dad is a developer and my grandpa on my other side was a contractor. And then my now husband is a, a custom home builder here on the island. Okay. And a couple years ago, we opened up our, two years ago, we opened up our own spec house business. And so we just do that when kind of the opportunities arise because he's still building customs with his dad. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> what's, what's the one that you guys started then? Uh, we have Holbeck properties. Holbeck properties. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We're, we're loving it. We're building one right now on, um, cool road and sunset and we're hoping to be done in like two months. So get it on the market and hopefully get it sold. Yeah. So So then is um, it just you and your husband mainly doing most of the work or how's that? Um, we do a lot of, um, subbing out. So a lot of scheduling and then we do kind of the the pickup stuff, the little things that need to get done in mm-hmm. between trades and the stuff that kind of some of the tradesmen don't want to do the little jobs yeah. throughout. So, um, we do do a lot of it, uh, of that stuff, but yeah. then, you know, we hire the plumbers, the electricians, right. drywallers and that yeah. stuff. So yeah. yeah, Anthony will probably do quite a bit of like the finish work, but we also have a finished carpenter we bring in cause he's, he has some of these great skills that only he can do. We, well, that's what we feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, so, um, it just works out for timeline too. better mm-hmm. to keep that, get it started and keep it going at a good clip, mm-hmm. get it on the market, especially this time of year, because it's going into winter and yeah. the days are shorter and just business and real estate kind of slows down a little bit. Right. So, we want to get it on as quickly as possible and hopefully sell before the end of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. Very cool. <laughs> so then you're doing that, but you're, you've also been doing, you're actually with Remax, right? Yes. I'm with Remax. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I still real estate agent, 
uh, full time and I've been working for Remax for May will be five years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I love it. Um, I got into real estate because I've always had an interest, always been interested in architecture and, oh, I wonder what they, you know, they did for their interior finishes. And, and it's just kind of funny how, you know, it, the styles evolve over time and the old comes back (laughs) around again and stuff like that. And so, and that's always interest, interested me. And, um, Anthony, he was like, you know, are you, are you wanting to be a barista? Are you wanting to own a stand? Like what's your like overall goal? He's huge on goals and having a long-term plan. He is. Yes. It's great. Uh, so I I was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. And so he just really was like, you should think about what you want to do. And, um, I thought about, you know, going, getting back into what I went to school for, but then you start looking at the price they get paid or, you know, their wages and, and you're just like, Oh, well, that hurts a little. <laughs> that And the, like the certs and the, like getting jobs, like there's just, it's a competitive market. Oh, it's, it's crazy. And I, I feel for people in the social services because they do a lot of hard work Mm -hmm. for little to no recognition for almost nothing. And it's kind of just a job that you have to be passionate about to stay in it. And I was just like evaluating that. I'm like, yeah, I love it, but (laughs) I don't think that I could do it day after day and it, it does have twelve dollars an hour <laughs> yeah and so. it has to be some sort of vocational call it does seem like because yeah it's emotionally taxing physically like it's so it's very difficult oh yeah yeah and at that time i was looking at some of the hourly wages and i was like i make more as a barista so why would i leave <laughs> and so <laughs> so um so i started looking into real estate and i was like you know this is great and i actually had a couple coffee customers that were like have you ever thought about becoming a real estate agent <laughs> you can talk to anyone and i was like you know I, you know, I always thought that it was a cool job and, you know, you get to make your own schedule and see all these cool houses and, you know, you're not working in an office. Sounds awesome. So I looked into it more and, um, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So I did the schooling online and then took the test and passed and now I'm here. So nice. started working for Remax and it's been awesome. I love that, um, my biggest draw to Remax was at the time, um, one of the agents who was one of the coffee customers was Dan Lean. Okay. And he, uh, he was like, you should become a real estate agent. You should become a real estate agent and I'll help you. You know, I've got all this experience and come on over and work with me and you'll be golden. And so that was part of it. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then the Remax is a global company. Yeah. I have this thing about, well, if one day I want to move to Puerto Rico, I want to be able to still work for the same company yeah. and just transfer over. So, yeah. so that was a big draw for me. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I, I did that when back when I was an engineer. I was I went to engineering school. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I was like my wife and I would look at would be like, uh, well, this one has. You know, this one's places working in Brazil as well. So, like, if we ever wanted to move to Brazil, we might be able to get transferred. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's yeah. funny how you, like, you 
you have these like dreams and stuff, you're like, okay, so I'll go work there because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've yet to move, but it can still happen. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah, no, I, and my, uh, my father-in-law moved into real estate to be becoming a real estate agent. Um, after being, he used to do like spec helms and stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, got was after reti- kind of retirement that was his retirement job yeah, but yep. um but yeah he was brought on, like another real estate agent that had been doing it for years brought him mm-hmm. under his wing and um just from what his experience and what i've heard like it's makes such a difference oh yeah so and it's such a neat job that you can work forever pretty much i mean you mm-hmm. can because it's not a super taxing job on your body and um and it's just a lot of person to person communication and driving around and showing houses and stuff. But I, I mean, I've seen agents well into their eighties doing it and you're just like, okay, cool. Like, and you can do it as little or as, as much as you want. So yeah. yeah Very cool. How was getting your first house? Like, like getting your first customer and then running through that? Um, that? Well, I was very fortunate that my first clients were buyers and I, uh, did a co-deal with another agent who I still work with today. His name is Victor Kepler. And he kind of just brought me under his wing and as well. And um, he was like, hey, I got these buyers that are from out of town. I think she'd really like you. And um, her and I are still friends to this day. And she'll say, hey, come over and look and see what we did to the house. Or I'll see her out at the chili chowder cook-off and we catch up and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's it was extreme it was actually a an auction house so that was kind of um crazy an online auction house so going through that whole process (laughs) I'm like okay hit me with a hard transaction first so (laughs) um it was fun though uh she they definitely when we went in this house I was like are you sure and they could see the vision and then they they bought it and um and they've been working on it ever since and I I was just kind of like for my first transaction, I was like, wow, this, this house is a little rough, but I mean, <laughs> it had the bones and they could see what they could do to it and they've made it a wonderful home. So I thought that was a great first transaction, great first clients and, um, here on the Island. So that was awesome. Yeah. And then my first listing was a uh, family friend. So that was kind of cool too, that, you know, they, they know when to put the pressure on and when not mm-hmm. to put the pressure and they kind of have a little more patience with you as the newbie, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I forgot to get this form signed from you or whatever, you know? So they, they have a little more patience if you're, you know, at, you know, green on things, yeah. you know, very green. So, but it worked out well and, um, and we got it sold and it, so nice. with little to no, hiccups I, I, now that I, I'm like, how'd that work out? And, <laughs> um, it was great. And so, um, and I, I actually was able to get those transactions fairly quickly. I think just a couple months in. So okay. they do say that, um, in general real estate, like the first year can be pretty rough, but I felt pretty fortunate to have like two closings, I believe, two or three in my first year. Yeah. So um, That's I was great. like, I'll take it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I was still doing coffee, so it was like, like I said, it was oh, a so good segue. Oh, so you were segue. still the stand during that time. Yeah. Then. Well, I okay. had switched. I actually helped Chantel Keller open Shipwreck. Oh, okay. And um, 
And so I had moved over there and I had, I was over there for three years, overlapping for about two in real estate. So that was kind of nice that I had another job and the pressure wasn't all on sell that house, sell that house. Yeah. No, (laughs) it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Being able to have a little bit of income still and not everything sold on this one thing. Yeah, exactly. And it was, like I said, a great segue. I could, if people were like, well, uh, do you do anything else or whatever? I'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, (laughs) I'm a real estate agent. Here's my card. Yeah. (laughs) So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I was talking with uh, Jim uh, Shipley about, you know, being a real estate agent and stuff, he's been Mm -hmm. in for quite a few years and he was saying like, um, like every customer you end up dealing with, he's like, they all end up being my friends. So. (laughs) Yeah. It works out great. (laughs) Yeah. He's just, he loves it. Yeah. Yeah. very cool. So then how did um, transitioning to the Stanwood Chamber of Commerce, how did you get involved with them? Um, so Renee Kettler, the past president of the chamber, uh, three years ago, three and a half, she was like, hey, you should um, join the chamber board as just a plain board member and get more involved with the community and see what the chamber is all about. So I said, okay. And, um, I've been there ever since. So, uh, I started out, like I said, just as a, your basic board member, no titles or anything, and just wanted to know more about my community and the business growth and where things were going and helping support, um, businesses with, you know, easier advertising and uh, getting more tourists into town, shopping in town, staying in town for dinner and events and things like that. So um, that's why I joined the chamber was just to be more involved. And then I took on, I was the secretary for a couple years, taking all the notes and stuff at all the meetings. And then um, Renee was going to be transitioning out and our vice president at the time didn't want to be president. So they asked if I wanted to, and I said, well, okay. (laughs) So I, uh, I agreed. And so probably a good like six months before Renee actually, um, stepped down, she had me doing a lot of what she would typically do, speaking at events, um, holding the board meetings. And I was just like, well, I mean, it isn't, too different. I had to get better at public speaking (laughs) and take on a few more like, uh, authoritative roles, like saying yes to things and saying no to things and, um, supporting my executive director. And, uh, but overall it was just an easy transition I thought for me. So I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy being involved in the community and the events and, Mm -hmm working to better our business community because the more commerce we have, the stronger community we are. Um, it helps with the schools. It helps with um, bringing the tourism in and keeping local businesses in in business. And, right. And they're often, you know, our family or friends, and they're also spending in the community as well. Yeah. So Very cool. And how long have you been uh, president? Uh, I started officially January 1st. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. So, so. feel like your first year has gone pretty well so far? <laughs> so far, there's been some transition. Um, uh, we've been working a lot on DSC, Discover Stanwood and yeah. Crano. Yeah. And um, that was a grant 
given to the chamber by the city and the city of Sandwood. And um, there's going to be some restructuring of DSC. So that's been, it's been good, but uh, you know, just anytime there's change and you're trying to figure out how to re um, reorganize things and, uh, cause it, it, uh, DSC has taken off. And so it's this become this kind of bigger beast than one entity can handle. And yeah. so, um, one entity that has only really one employee, the rest of us are all, um, volunteers. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so now it's going to be restructured and, uh, it's becoming its own entity and then they're going to have affiliates. And so, um, we're hoping to stay on as one of the affiliates and there'll be different, uh, like four different affiliates, one for like the website specifically, and then one for event management and, and so on and so forth. So, okay. Yeah. So we've been working with the city quite a bit this year on that. And that's just, like I said, always challenging when you're switching things up and trying to foresee how it's going to go in the future. Um, but you can never truly predict that. So you're just hoping that you went the right way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and something that I was just thinking about, um, that's different than like the commando chamber. How much interaction do you have to have with like the mayor and the city of Stanwood and all of that? Uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm actually good friends with the mayor and our new city administrator, Jen. Um, so I would say, you know, we're in contact with them on uh, weekly for sure. Um, sometimes Jennifer and Leo are in contact with my executive director daily. It just kind of depends on what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's an event or the magazine, um, being released and stuff, it just kind of depends what's happening and, and timelines and stuff. So yes, we definitely have a lot of contact. We, we do, uh, we bounce ideas off of each other and, um, sometimes there's things that happen in the city that then businesses are questioning and they come to us and it's like, well, we don't really know. That's like a city thing. Um, whether it's like public works or the planning department or things like that. So we have to then like direct people over there. And then we're like, Hey, we're also kind of wondering what's happening (laughs) with that. So we know for the future, but, um, so we do have a lot of communication with the city and I think we've got some really great leadership at the city right now. So that's good. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that, um, I was talking with Jim about, um, is what I've noticed, especially over the last probably couple of years. And I, um, but I've seen a lot more of the focus on Stanwood Camino working together on a lot more projects. Right. Um, and, um, and really just working together. Was that, that was kind of started before with Renee then, and then it's continued on. Right. Yes, it was. Um, it started with Renee and, uh, we went out for the contract for, it used to be discover Port Susan and we decided to change it because if you weren't a local, um, you weren't searching for Port Susan. You were f- searching for Stanwood or Camino. So that was our pr- primary reason for switching that. And um, and we just thought, you know, there was this 
opportunity for this grant to go out for um, the magazine. And it's a, a marketing and tourism grant is what it is. And so we went for it and we decided to change it and expand it because that it used to just kind of be like rat cards in a magazine and I think a little bit on Facebook and social. Mm-hmm. And so we were just like, hey, we could put put this on a website that's where everybody's going mobile friendly websites and really heavy into social too and then um enhance the magazine uh change the name and um at first there was thought of well this is a city contract for the city of stanwood but uh you know really we're one in the same Sandwood and Camino. So we just were like, hey, let's just rope Camino into it too. And um, hopefully they'll they'll be okay and join in and stuff. So we um, just went for it. And we feel that ultimately, like I said, we're all one big community. So yeah. we really need to work together. I think there was some old school mentality that Stanwood was Stanwood and Camino was Camino. Yeah. And there's to be separate identities. But it's really one in the same. Well, not, so. not only that, but it's. I think it's funny too that um, both Camino and Stan would end up being kind of the redheaded stepchildren of their respective counties. Right. Because um, Island County primarily is focused on Whidbey Island and we kind of get left in the dust. And on the flip side, like you're like the very north part of Snohomish County. Mm-hmm. And again, a smaller part compared to the rest of it. So right. it's just funny how like there was this like war between the two, not war, but like, you know, there was, yeah. there was definitely... Yeah. Friction between a little the two. riff, yeah, <laughs> very small slew. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's been beneficial for for both sides that that both parties are like willing to work together and try and um, coordinate things. And yeah. um, I, you know, I think the Discover Sandwich Camino events page um, has been really helpful uh, when I'm talking to customers here, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What? How do I find out what's going on?" I'm like, "Well." The most central location is the Discover Stanwood Camino. Like their events page is has ninety percent of what's going on in this area. Right. Both Stanwood and Camino. So. Right. Yeah. And we really encourage people to uh, use that page. You can email, and I believe there's even like a little form submit mm-hmm. button on there that you can submit um, events, local events. So we try to encourage local events only. We're not necessarily wanting to advertise things in. Skagit or right, you know, Marysville. So, um, but, uh, people can fill out the forms and then, uh, it gets kind of proofread and double checked and those kind of things by, um, we have either by my executive director, Elaine or, um, Jessica McCready, mm-hmm. who we hired on through the chamber to kind of help with, DSC specifically because it is a growing beast and so um, one of those two gals they kind of check and and upload it into the calendar Mm -hmm. so that it's all kind of uniform with some of the other events right and um, yeah it's a great resource that was our primary focus too was you know, we're one in the same. And if people are coming out here, they're more than likely going to come to Stanwood and Camino. So have this centralized, um, calendar where you can find all sorts of events from, uh, you know, little events at the 
Camino Schoolhouse to big events at the Floyd and Stanwood and stuff. So it's it's a great um, asset to have for our community. Yeah. And to bring people outside the area to come and, and see Stanwood. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, I think being able to have um, that, I mean, a lot of events and stuff, part of the reason they don't will or won't succeed is just did people know about them? Right. Um, so. Yeah. And I love this area, but sometimes people are slow on the uptake on things. So (laughs) it seems like you can advertise and advertise and advertise and they're like, when is it? Or where? Or, you know, so, um, uh, and I, that's another challenge for the businesses in this area. I feel like is getting people out and knowing that say Taft is open and, um, or say the new brewery in town sale and, um, you know, getting people to just know that those are open again and, uh, that you got to stop in and support if you want them to succeed, they need the support from the community. So, um, yeah, that is a challenge with our area, I think. And I don't really know why, um, but I just think it's, uh, you know, people are just, I don't know. I really don't know why well, that is that, with our area. That bedroom community. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, it. <laughs> even talking to people, like, um, some people are like, uh, like when it comes to, like, the Seahawks, for example, like, yeah. um, there's Seahawks games, showings and stuff. Like, there's mm-hmm. different places around the Commons and Kameno and stuff that they'll put it on. Uh-huh. And, um, like, if you go to Seattle or something, the bars are packed. Like, everything's packed because everyone wants to be there together. Right. Um, whereas, like, I was talking to someone, they're like, you know, if I really had my choice, I would probably rather just be home watching the game by myself <laughs> than being at a big bar with people. Like, yeah. So, yep. it is, it, I think, you know, people move out here because it's a bedroom community and mm-hmm. there's, there's some like personality traits that come with that yeah yeah (laughs) um but no i do i think there's more events there's more words getting out and there's more things to do too because Mm -hmm. um i think people enjoy having that bedroom community when they want it but then at some point it does get lonely and that's the biggest thing we find on kameno is right yeah yeah i think we're seeing too um well compared to when i was younger it seemed like in general there was just an older community out here um, and now I think I've noticed a lot of, y- there's a younger population coming in, mm-hmm. um, new families and even just young adults moving to the area. And I feel like that helps with, um, seeing more activity, uh, at events and yeah. out eating and, you know, wanting to see those things happening more often. So, right. Well, and I think the, um, I, I'm actually kind of curious in Stanwood. So like uh, the people I've talked to specifically around the Camino area, uh-huh. um, it's still like a very high population in the retirement. Yes. Granted the retirement community has aged down. Like a lot of the older ones have moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got like a younger, but still retirement group. Yeah. But uh, in Stanwood, have you noticed a lot more families coming in versus, you know, retirees yes. or whatever. Yes, I have for sure. I feel like, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth in the King County uh, area because of Google, Amazon, mm-hmm. and and uh, even Boeing and those things. And King County and Snohomish County are just f- fairly expensive and yeah. becoming uh, maxed out. There's only so much space mm-hmm. and they're going up 
more. Yeah. But um, not everybody wants to live in a, an apartment or a condo. They want that yard for their dog, mm-hmm. and they don't want to have to pay a million dollars for yeah. it. So <laughs> funny how that works. So, yeah. So they're um, being pushed either further north or further south, and so I feel like um, we're seeing a, that the younger families young couples moving to our area because it's what they can afford. Right. And, um, and then I know that, uh, it's kind of sad. Um, the Schmuckite farm in town, uh, that I grew up with a Schmuckite, um, is now leveled and gone and they're putting in, I've heard some crazy numbers. I've heard like a hundred homes and stuff like that. Um, but that Cedar home area has taken off. I remember playing in massive fields out there on dirt bikes and horses and things like that. And, um, that's long gone. So (laughs) it's, um, it just shows how much things are growing and how there is a need for, um, more housing and more affordable housing. Yeah. No, I think that's for sure. And we, I've seen that, um, I live in Mount Vernon and I've seen, I mean, a massive amount of growth in housing up there as well. Right. Right. Um, So yeah, Yeah. no, it's definitely like it's, there's a huge migration out of Seattle and there's a lot of other issues going on there too, that I think people are trying to get away from. Right. Yeah. Um, I think people like the, we still have that small town, slower pace of mm-hmm. life up here, and you still feel kind of safe where you're not having to worry about theft or yeah. car break-ins or anything like that. And you're, you, I think you feel a little more that small town feel, even yeah. though I feel like we're getting to be a bigger small town. Yeah. But <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. Um, very cool. What is, um, what's a favorite event that you have of the Sandwood Chamber? Ooh, I love our golf tournament. Um, we just had it um, the early September, and it's one of our uh, biggest fundraisers for the chamber. Um, we are a nonprofit. Uh, we do have one full-time employee, Elaine, our executive director, who is amazing and worth every penny. But um, in order for us to pay her and to pay rent and utilities and those kind of yep. things, uh, we have a, our golf tournament, which is our annual fundraiser. We have a couple little ones that we've introduced in the last mm-hmm. couple years, but the big one is the golf tournament. And yeah. it seems like... I think this was our, it was either our 15th or 17th annual. I, I feel so bad that I cannot remember, <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And so um, it was, it's just a fun tournament that I think people look forward to every year. And mm-hmm. this year we actually had it at Camelock because kayak shut down. Um, um, for now I've heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So kayak shut down and we, we were patrons of kayak because it's in right. um, Stanwood. And so uh, not that we had anything against Camelock, but that's where we had our tournaments was that kayak. But um, they closed down. And so we moved to Camelock. And I just think everybody li- kind of liked that change, though, uh, a new place. And um, it's just a great venue over there as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people, I think, like playing hooky from work because it's on a Friday. And <laughs> um, and it seems like we always 
really get some fun teams out there and everybody's just having a great time. And it was sunny this year and that's nice. <laughs> you couldn't have asked for better weather. So yeah, I, I think that w- that's one of my favorite events. And then a lot of the sponsors and they get to connect with community members mm-hmm. and other, and other business um, members of the community. So it's a great networking event too for them. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I, I like, I like golf. So (laughs) I I like putting things together like that. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. My, uh, one of my, uh, friends that used to work here, um, he tried taking me golf one time and, um, we were going to do, I think nine holes on the day or whatever. And for some reason, the hardest part of golf for me was hitting the dumb ball. Yes. And so I'd wind up, hit it and be looking and it'd be like, I must've hit it a lot farther than I thought. And he's like, nope. <laughs> and I'd look down like, oh, never mind. Oh. It was either that or I would just dig really hard into the ground. Um, and so, um, yeah, he never took me again. I don't know why. But. Oh, dang it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, that's neat. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what do you see the future of the Sandwood Chamber as? Um, you know, I feel like our chamber is still growing. Uh, I feel um, I feel like in years past, um, we were kind of a sleepy chamber, we'll say. We just, we didn't, weren't really involved in the community. We, we did a golf, a golf tournament every year. We did a couple luncheons and we had our board meetings and that was, that was it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like what's been the goal um, since Renee started and me taking over was to provide, continue to provide value to our business members or mm-hmm. to our chamber members, I should say, should <laughs> say. So, um, so we're looking for ways to, to still show that we are providing value. We are, um, we're going to still be involved with DSC. We're looking to, um, kind of change our website a little bit. Our website is kind of in flux right now and in being worked over. And uh, we want it to be pretty easy to use and then direct over to DSC because that's where all the community events are and it's connecting with both Stanwood and Camino. And then we would like to just um, be a good resource for the business members. If they have questions, about even things that we might not necessarily know the answers to, we know who to send them to, to maybe get those answers. And we also, um, want to be, uh, a great networking Avenue. So, um, we're looking into maybe doing a business fair, um, this next year. So businesses can look at maybe hiring or, and, or connecting with other businesses that might be able to help each other with referrals. And, um, and so we're just wanting to continue to create value because we felt like we were coming from a place where we didn't have a whole lot of value to give. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just kind of this, Oh, I have this little placard that says I'm a chamber member. And that was that. And now we're like, well, people want to, know what they're spending their money on and, and they want to feel like they're getting a value out of it. So we're at our luncheons. We were really trying to have like a guest speaker that brings great information pertaining to business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
tomorrow we have a joint chamber luncheon at Josephine and um, it should be a great one. There's a couple guest speakers there. Uh, one is, I believe, from the school district, um, uh, probably going to have some updates about how things are going and about the upcoming elections and things like that. And so um, they're just going to be really informative for the businesses and for the community members to know what's happening. Yeah. And so we're just continuing to provide and figure out how we can be a benefit for the chamber members yeah. and and increase our value year after year. And then, uh, of course, grow our membership. And um, we would like to, you know, up, remodel our visitor information center and make it a little more high tech and a little more... Um, updated it's it's kind of dated in there but you know you got to do what you got to do and we uh finally have our own space um even just a year ago we were given a space in the first national bank building um okay and then we were given a space in remax to have like a storefront for the visitor information center Mm -hmm. so um now we have our own space by the Stanwood Police Department. So that's also another like goal we had was to get our own space to be able to afford our own space. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then our next goal is to make that space better and more inviting. And um, uh, it, we have a conference table in there and stuff too. So we invite like small business groups um, we can probably accommodate 10, 12 people comfortably to, if you need to have a afternoon meeting or even a morning meeting, um, you can come and use our space if you need to. And, um, oh, that's very cool. yeah, so we, uh, we're just trying to pro- continue to provide value for the community, for the business community. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's definitely seemed like even since again, even since like a year ago when I started coming regularly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seems like it's continued to grow from there as far as the number of people that are showing up at each meeting. It's right. It's a, a good group of people now. Yeah. Yeah. And I so. feel like the commando chamber has some of the same goals is to grow membership, um, and, and to show their value as well mm-hmm. and to uh, have these great community events that bring, bring not just the business members out, but the community at large to come together, chili chowder cook off and, um, light up your holidays and those kind of things. We're really just trying to get people to come out yeah. and mingle with each other. And, um, that's what, I feel like we're a very community minded area where everybody knows everybody Mm -hmm. and supports each other and stuff like that. So I feel like we have both chambers have that kind of mindset. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every um, interview with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, So the first one is, uh, do you have a lesser known or favorite location on Camino Island that you like to hang out? Well, I think it's becoming pretty popular as of late, but Barnum Point is my newest favorite area to go. Um, It's great for the hiking trails. It's got a couple different beach accesses, and um, I love taking my dogs down there. It's a great little, you can make it into like a three-mile little loop, and it's just awesome, and um, it's a relatively new park on Camino. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, pretend you have a friend coming in from out of town. Uh, What would their first day look like here? Uh, 
Ooh, first day. Well, if we're going to start from the morning and they just got here, uh, Pub 282 just started serving breakfast on the weekend. And it is amazing. Oh, but also... Now my foodie side is coming out. Um, <laughs> the savory scones at your bakery down here are pretty amazing. Oh, I yeah. I um, sometimes have to avoid going in because if I get <laughs> one every day, it's a problem. <laughs> so um, I would think we'd start off with breakfast somewhere and coffee. And then I would definitely take them to the state park. We have mm-hmm. a beautiful state park, yeah. a large state park. And um, maybe even Barnum Point sometime throughout the day. And um, I always encourage people to come during the summer months, crabbing season. So uh, go out on the boat and go crabbing. And um, in Stanwood, I would totally recommend... I love... um, I'm a runner, so I would totally recommend... I love running out from the Eagles down... um, I'm going to blank on the name of the road, but there's this old farming road. You can go down by like classic farms and run out to, um, I think it's Jensen out there and then back. It's just nice and peaceful and kind of that. It reminds me of like the old Stanwood, the farm fields Mm -hmm. and the old farmhouses. And I would say Jasmine's is one of my longtime favorite Stanwood restaurants. I would definitely end there. Yeah. And um, again, depending on the time of year, there's the Summer Arch Jam you can go to or Glass Quest. Mm -hmm. So definitely would try to coordinate having people come around some of the fun events that we have around town. Chili Chowder Cook-Off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's coming up here. Yep. (laughs) All right. Um, who's an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Have you interviewed Chris Christofferson? No, he is on the list, though. I would do Chris. Yeah. I would do Chris. He is a really nice, fun guy. Um, I, I love that whole Christofferson family. Yeah. Um, Nancy was also one of my coffee cust- customers and came through regularly and I would consider her a great friend. And so she was my first introduction to them. And I remember her coming through the stand and telling me this was back before they opened the zip lines and telling me about what they were doing mm-hmm. and they're training all their, their first, um, what would you call them? Their tour guides and stuff. So, uh, it was very, very cool. And then I got to meet Chris and, um, I remember that my first day out there and I was like, this guy's rad and he's got this Uno Mog and it's awesome. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it was really neat. We got to go out there for the pumpkin fest um, this year. And it was, it was like the morning of that we were going to go, it was like pouring down rain. Um, and so I was looking outside, I'm like, Oh no. But then um, about noonish, it started getting sunny, mm-hmm. and then like by the time we went out, it was beautiful out oh, there. Oh yeah! Um, so it was perfect weather. Nice, um, but it was great, great going out there. It was neat. Cool. They had the music going and oh. a bunch of local people. Yeah, so it was neat. Yeah, um, I didn't get to go this year, so I'm a little bummed. But did you get to smash do one of the 
Is it called a trebuchet? Uh, we watched like, it. Yeah. So that, they had it a little ways away, so people weren't climbing on it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they would like. I think it was probably every half hour, hour they would launch it. Oh, cool! Um, so it was neat. Yeah, yeah, the kids. It was fun for the kids. Getting yeah, be like, watch, look over there. Yeah, and then they like see this little thing. They're like, what was that? It's like that was a pumpkin. They're like a pumpkin. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they thought it was pretty cool. um, yeah. All right, and lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard uh, right as you're driving on the island, what would that say? It would say, relax, life's too short, live in the moment, and it all works out. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast yes. today. Thank you, Brandon. I It was a pleasure. I... I was a little shocked that you asked. I was like, oh, I feel special. <laughs> and thank you. Yeah. It's been fun. Very cool. Yeah. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Shana Holbeck for joining me on the podcast. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on, our, on your favorite podcast platform. And for more information on this podcast or previous episodes, go to kamenocommons.com slash podcast. That's kamenocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.